0: I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room line already. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me, die late. they tackle him 40 the corner. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs> What's going on, guys? It's Matt back at it again for the Fantasy Roundtable Podcast. It is Monday, November 5th, and we have got a great episode for you guys today as we will be recapping the top six games from the Sunday slate yesterday. Uh, As I've been doing the past couple weeks, I'm just going to recap those six games. We'll go over the fantasy studs, who fell out for you, some of the calls I got right on Friday's podcast, some of the calls that I got wrong as well, and then we will wrap it up with a Monday podcast preview for the monday night game tonight between the tennessee titans and the dallas cowboys before we jump into the previews no real news today so we're not going to worry too much about that there's one levy on bell thing i'll touch on here in just a minute just wanted to jump in and apologize i did not get a chance to record anything this weekend for the college stuff um had a lot of stuff going on again i apologize about that so For the college ranking stuff, I've got my QBs, my top five QBs, along with three other guys that I'm really interested in. The article came out Saturday on QBList.com if you guys would like to go check it out again. I give my full breakdown on the top five guys, and there's three guys that I would suggest watching and paying attention to over the next couple weeks as we get closer to bowl season, at which point, probably after the bowl season, so I've seen everybody play, I will go ahead and put out a new list with my actual Full top 10 with full breakdowns on them as well going into the uh, draft combine process. We should know hopefully at that point for sure who is coming out as well as actually my top two guys uh, are not for sure commitments to come out this year. Uh, I will have my running backs list will be out uh, probably Saturday this week as well. It will be my top 10. Again, full breakdowns on those guys. Uh, I will for sure have a podcast done this week on my college rankings. I will kind of mirror what I've talked about in my quarterback and running back article. That's all I'll touch on. And then uh, next week or probably the week after, I will do another one talking about my top wide receivers and tight ends. But again, if you guys want to check that out. Go to QBList.com and then type in NFL Prospect Rankings or you can type in my name, Matthew Bruning. I'm the one who does all that stuff for QB List. All that stuff should be in there. You can also read my wonderful Philip Lindsay article that is in there that I projected completely right on that guy off a year. But, you know, who cares about that? What, what matters is that I got the projections right on what I thought he could be. Uh, but those will be on there. Uh, again, if you follow me on Twitter at I I put all my stuff out there, including my rankings, anything with FLA. Uh, Again, not just me on FLA. It's a huge group on FLA. There's a lot of great things for our NFL fantasy stuff. You can check all them out. Uh, We're all connected through the FLA app uh, and the little community. That's where we do all of our stuff. If you'd like to check us out, obviously, you could download the app and check out anything we do. It's all put on there, or you can follow them on Twitter as well. You can do at FLA app, at FLA blog, either one of them. Uh, everything's put out through there. And, of course, all of our riders, uh, me included, follow them and retweet anything out that they put of our fellow riders as we always try and, you know, prop each other up a little bit. So you'll see us retweeting out each other's stuff and everything. You can check out everything they do as well. Uh, got a lot of great stuff with that with, uh, you know. Uh, flex pickups, uh, 2QB League stuff. We've got a Dynasty guy. I, I don't know if we actually have an IDP guy, but I do the rankings. We've got previews, picks. I mean, anything you can think of, we've got someone who covers all of that stuff. So definitely check them out. So with all that being said, Le'Veon Bell had just tweeted out about 30 minutes ago saying, Bye Miami. Uh, there's no obviously guarantee that he's going to Pittsburgh, but that is what everybody believes is that he's finally coming back to Pittsburgh and will be... Uh, back with the Pittsburgh Steelers at some point in time this week. Uh, not a big new, big thing, though, for the Steelers as they play in three days. So he's not playing this week. That is uh, for sure guarantee. I can bet you that. Uh, he'll probably be put on their exemption list for at least this week. There is a chance, then, if he is back, that he could come back week 10. I still would imagine that they put him on the two-week exemption list, which means his first action probably won't be until week 11. But once all this stuff becomes official, I'll talk about it on that podcast right now all we know is that he is leaving miami where he has been kind of hiding out and working out all of this time with all that being said let's go ahead and jump right into our six previews that we're doing today game show is brought to you by christ i can't find it the hell with it to hell with it indeed. So, for the first game, we have the now 6 and 1, Can- I'm sorry, the now 8 and 1 Kansas City Chiefs going up against the 2 6 and 1 Cleveland Browns as they put a beat down on them 37 to 21. For the Chiefs side here, obviously Patrick Mahomes funny enough had just an awesome day. Th- uh, 32 attempts, 23 completions, 375 yards, three touchdowns one interception had a QBR of 93.3 and everybody acts like that is just no big deal. Ho hum. Just another, another day being a, being Patrick Mahomes who I still, I swear to you, sounds like Grover the Muppet, and one of these days I'm going to be able to cut up some audio of Grover the Muppet and play it on here, and you guys will 100% agree with me, but until then, you guys just listen to Patrick Mahomes talk and Grover talk, I'm telling you, it's the same person, but anyways, obviously comes through for you in fantasy with 27 points, just, I mean, what this kid has done this year has just been outstanding, he's Finishes the number four quarterback this week. It just again, a top five finish. Not that that wasn't expected against the Cleveland Browns, but still, what he's done is just amazing. He's on pace for 5,000 yards. There's only been 10 players that have done that. I can't remember exactly how far back the stat went, but five of them were Drew Brees. I know one was Peyton Manning, and at least one was Tom Brady. So you're looking at some of the greats to have ever played the game. And now you've got Patrick Mahomes coming in here. And what is essentially his rookie season? I know he technically is a sophomore. It's a sophomore season he played one whopping game last year and that was it I understand he got to learn but from Andy Reid and Alex Smith and everything but to actually be out on the field this is really his first year doing it he's already on pace 5,000 yards it's just ridiculous I can't imagine you know how good this kid is going to be throughout his career If, if if we don't see him have any injuries um this could be possibly one of the best careers we could see a long time coming and I would not have expected that Uh, With the class and especially the quarterbacks that went ahead of him. But enough of me gushing over Patrick Mahomes. And unfortunately how much he destroyed my Cleveland Browns. But Kareem Hunt obviously came through for you as well. We talked about it on Friday's podcast. that I thought he'd have a great day here. Mainly because I thought they would get up early. Which they didn't really do. I thought they'd get up early on the Browns and then use Kareem Hunt to to kind of run out the clock. As Cleveland's defense against the run has just been horrible the past four weeks, uh, they've been getting gashed by the run. I could probably run uh, a sixty-yard touchdown. I'd probably get caught from behind, but at least I could I could break through a gap here because uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns defense has just been leaking like a sieve. It's been horrible. It's it's just been god awful. Uh, but Kareem Hunt, ninety-one yards on seventeen carries and two touchdowns. He added uh, fifty yards and a touchdown in the air as well. 32 points in fantasy. Just ridiculous again. If you've got this guy, I can't imagine why you'd sit him unless you were just trying to have some fun and see how good your team could be without him. Uh, But he has been a stud. Spencer Ware, uh, I guess, had a, a good day in fantasy for whatever reason. In the deep league, you were playing him. He did come through with 10 points as he had 69 yards on the ground and added... I'm sorry, 69 yards in the air, 12 yards on the ground. So he got a little bit of work in there as they really was just trying to let Kareem Hunt rest a little bit as much as he was tearing up that Browns defense. For the receivers here. So obviously the guy who had the best day was Travis Kelsey. We'll get to him in a minute. Tyreek Hill, just sixty-nine yards. Sammy Watkins, sixty-two yards. Uh, you know, neither one of these guys had huge days for fantasy. A lot of that having to do with just how good Kareem Hunt was, obviously, and how good Travis Kelsey was. Uh Tyreek Hill at least got you double digits with the ten points. Sammy Watkins fell just short with eight point nine. Travis Kelsey, an Ohio native. Just torched the Browns' defense here. 25 points in fantasy. The number one tight end on the week. Seven catches, 99 yards, two touchdowns. Made it look easy out there. Just balling out. Uh, I think, in in all honesty, I think after this year, he could possibly take over as the tight end one from Zach Ertz he's been my tight end one all year Uh, and while Ertz has been good he's not quite getting the touchdowns that Travis Kelsey has gotten you know just going back and looking at it myself and a lot of other analysts included really thought that Kelsey might suffer in this air raid offense that Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid we thought were bringing they're obviously bringing that Uh, but Travis Kelsey has clearly become a focal point of that offense and it's great if you're Travis Kelsey owner and you held on to him or you possibly bought low on him in the offseason you are definitely reaping the benefits so far this season so for the cleveland browns baker mayfield had a a decent day for fantasy 18 points i mean that's really uh you know finishes as a qb2 which is where we had him ranked on the ranking article that i put out 297 yards in the air two touchdowns uh really just surprised surprising that he didn't get more uh, he did come out for I think it was two series or maybe it was just one series Tyrod Taylor was in there they were checking him uh, he got hit in the face I, don't, I can't remember if it was concussion or what was going on but he did come off the field it wasn't for that long I uh, really thought they'd be able to get to this uh, chief secondary a little bit more as they've kind of struggled all year uh, Freddie Hitchens I felt had a pretty good game plan going into it offensive calling wise did kind of get the run established obviously their best player was a guy that nobody thought even existed anymore uh, I know a lot of people were checking missing articles and obituaries see if Duke Johnson was still alive as he came through big for you. Uh, in the rushing game, Nick Chubb was the leader here with 22 carries, got you 85 yards and a touchdown. Uh, a good day for him, and I really think that this is going to continue for him. I do think Freddie Hitchens is going to Freddie Kitchens is going to continue working him and Duke Johnson to kind of help free up the pass. Uh, Nick Chubb did come through for you with 15 points in fantasy. But the big dog was Duke Johnson returning back to his RB1 days like he was last year. 25 points in fantasy. Obviously, just the one carry got you 8 yards, but it came through big time in the receiving game, much like last year. Caught all 9 of his targets for 78 yards and 2 touchdowns looked awesome out there. I can't even begin to describe if you guys didn't watch the game. He was by far their best player. It was good to see him really involved in the offense yet again like he was last year again. He finished as a I believe it was like a mid-tier wide running back 2 last year. Uh, obviously finishes RB1 this week, I believe is number four overall, just balled out, and it'll be interesting to see if they continue to use him this much if they try and scale it back in the coming weeks. For the wide receivers, nobody really did anything. Antonio Callaway led the day in points as he got you 51 receiving yards on three catches. Jarvis Landry was targeted the most. Uh, did get 8 points in fantasy as he got targeted. Uh, got 6 receptions on 50 yards. That was it. Brashad Perriman came back to life a little bit. Um, not somebody but that I'd really be paying that close attention to. Did get 5 points in fantasy though with 36 yards on 2 catches. And then David Njoku just disappointed yet again this week. I thought he had a really good matchup uh, this week. Did get you 7 points in fantasy uh, as he got you 53 yards on 4 catches. I was really thinking he'd get a touchdown here in the red zone. Of course, all that went to Duke Johnson. Uh, they did go for two points a couple times. Uh, had him targeted a couple times, just couldn't bring it in. Uh, definitely disappointing day for David Njoku. Next game up, we had what ended up turning into be quite a fantasy football bonanza in the 3-5 and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, losing to the now 6-2 and Carolina Panthers, 28-42. For Tampa Bay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I almost call him Fitzmagic. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick started out as Fitz-Tragic, as everybody likes to call him, as he was horrible in the first half. Carolina jumped up big on him, turned into Ryan Fitzmagic in the second half, giving you 243 yards, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. It was good To see them stick with him. I really thought after the two interceptions. They might think about pulling him. He didn't have a touchdown yet. Uh, But comes through for you in fantasy. Yet again 26 points. Going to continue to do it. This Panthers defense is much better than people give it credit for. Uh, Has some really good matchups going forward. So if you've got Ryan Fitzpatrick. Just continue to ride him. In the rushing game. Nobody did anything. Peyton Barber, 11 carries for 31 yards, just added 9 yards in the air. I uh, really thought Peyton Barber would at least come through for you a little bit in fantasy here. Just get you 5 points. Ronald Jones is a no-show. Jaquiz Rodgers get you 2 points. It was really, in all honesty, a disappointing day for a lot of Tampa Bay Buccaneers players here, except for 2 of them, which we're about to get to 1 of them right now. Adam Humphreys. Had a huge game. If by some fantasy miracle you picked him up off your waiver wire this past week and just decided to throw him in there because you had nobody else, well then bravo to you, well done, you know, congratulations because you likely won your matchup with that as he came through with 24 points in this game, 82 yards on 8 catches and 2 touchdowns. Just completely dominated. I don't expect that moving forward. Uh, I do expect, obviously, Chris Godwin, Deshaun Jackson, and Mike Evans here to kind of take back the reins a little bit. But they clearly had a nice little connection going him and Fitzpatrick in this game. Had a couple of the better matchups coming out of the slot. Uh, Obviously, his second touchdown, he made that happen all on his own. But good on him for showing up when he was needed. Nobody else in this wide receiver core came through for you. Chris Godwin, just 5 points. Deshaun Jackson, 4.2. Mike Evans, 2.1. Obviously, disappointing days for those three guys. Mike Evans being the worst as he's likely a wide receiver one for almost everybody. Better days ahead for him, I'm sure. Uh, Although I am not a huge Mike Evans supporter, I do not think he is quite as good as everybody else does. Uh, He's obviously going to have much better days than a 2.1 day. Just going to have to deal with it and kind of ride with it on the bad days. And then obviously, the tight end of the day for him. O.J. Howard, 19 points in fantasy as he got fifty three yards on four catches and the two touchdowns. And I think it's fair to say now at this point that Cameron Brait is now dead for fantasy. Now this is now the third week in a row that he has not done anything. We had already kind of seen Fitzpatrick earlier in the year. Had a much better connection with O.J. Howard. Uh, Jameis Winston came back. We thought maybe he would switch back to being Cameron Braid as they paid him all that money. Uh, He actually seemed to prefer going to O.J. Howard. And now I feel like that's just going to be the thing going forward. So if you got Cameron Braid, I think at this point he's pretty much borderline droppable. If not droppable, obviously depending on your league and size. For the Panthers, Cam Newton. Yet again comes through for you in fantasy. And uh, he's been doing this a lot this year. I think he's going to sustain being a QB1. Get you 21 points in fantasy. 247 yards in the air with two touchdowns, added 33 yards on the ground, almost had a touchdown in the red zone, got stopped. Uh, That was when uh, my boy from the Buckeyes, Curtis Samuel, came through. And my God, that kid looked good. We'll get to him in a minute. Christian McCaffrey had himself a great day as well. 79 yards on the ground with two touchdowns and then five catches for 78 yards in the air. Christian McCaffrey, again, continues to just be an absolute stud I know he kind of sucked prior to last week. Uh, I think it was four weeks ago. Those two weeks leading up to these past two weeks, he was just barely putting up double digits. Just struggled. Back to being up plus 20. Got you 30 points in fantasy today. He could have had even more had he not been vultured by Alexander Arma, whoever the hell that guy is, because I have no idea. I'm not going to waste my time on him. But he came in and vultured the very first touchdown. I know I was pissed about it when I saw it, uh, but then Christian McCaffrey ended up coming through anyways for you. For the wide receivers, I uh, was a little disappointed to see how bad, not necessarily bad, but how little DJ Moore was used in this game after seeing him just get a lot of volume uh, leading up until last week. He was really looked like he was coming on in the offense, was excited for him, excited to see what he did. Uh, he was my favorite rookie coming out of this class right there with Antonio Callaway. I thought those two could be the best wide receivers of this class, just four points, in fantasy this week, with one catch and 16 yards in the receiving game, and then uh, 32 yards actually on one carry is where all of his points came from. A little disappointed to see that he was not as uh, used as much as I thought he was going to be used in this offense. Uh, we'll get to let's see. Devin Funchess is the other guy I want to talk to before I get to Curtis Samuel. Uh, Devin Funchess again didn't do much in this game. Just 6 points in fantasy as he had 4 catches for 44 yards. I talked about that on Friday's podcast. I didn't think he was going to do much of anything. I felt the matchups really kind of favored actually DJ Moore. Because I thought DJ Moore would be in the slot more. uh, And it actually turned out to be Curtis Samuel in the slot who came through for you big time. Chances are though nobody was playing him 18 points in fantasy. He had himself a great day here. So 33 yards on the one carry and the touchdown. That was the touchdown that I was talking about. Just an awesome play. Uh, it was a little bit of a trick play. Came back around, got it uh, on a, like almost like a double reversal play. Uh, scored the touchdown. He's just so fast. It's amazing. It's so much fun to watch him. Also had the two catches for 25 yards and a touchdown. Again, 18 points in fantasy. And as I was talking about on Twitter and to some friends Sunday, I'm just... My mind is completely blown while this guy is not their permanent slot wide receiver. I think that... Obviously, in my opinion, DJ Moore is a great slot wide receiver. I don't think that he could thrive on the outside, but he has the talent where he could do something. Curtis Samuel is just a physical freak. He is so fast. I think he could easily be and play just like Tyreek Hill does if they just give him a chance. For But for whatever reason, he just doesn't get out there on the field. It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. They need to get this kid the ball. Uh, for the tight end, Craig, Greg Olsen had a great day for you. 16 points in fantasy. Uh, it's good for him. Uh, I'm a little little surprised. I, I was very wrong on him. 76 yards on the six catches and the touchdown. His touchdown catch was awesome, by the way. If you haven't seen it, definitely go look it up on YouTube. It was such a great catch for a touchdown. Uh, I've actually kind of been re- labeling Greg Olson this year is more of a a red zone guy, uh, like with Kyle Rudolph um, and Antonio Gates, some of those guys. And I was wrong. He showed me I was wrong this week. Uh, Good for Greg Olson. I've been worried about that foot injury, uh, and he's looked much better the past two weeks. With that, I think if if he continues to play the way that he has here, he's going to return back to that top five tight end territory that he's kind of been uh, throughout his career, at least in Carolina. Uh, So it's definitely good to see him look like that. And hopefully if you guys had him, you had him in your lineups and he did well for you. The next game up was not really a game. The now 5-3 Chicago Bears beating the 2-7 Buffalo Bills 41-29. to 29. So Mitch Trubisky uh, did not have him that high this week and it was proved right. Though I do love Mitch. I do think he's going to be a top quarterback going forward. This Buffalo defense did scare me a little bit. Just 135 yards in the air with one touchdown and one interception. And where he usually comes through for you in the rushing, he was not, or he did not really do that this week. Just one rush for six yards gets you nine points in fantasy. Uh, In all honesty, this was a really weird game. I wouldn't read anything into this whatsoever as we're about to talk about the running backs here uh, and how surprised I am that this call was right. Jordan Howard. I called it, I said multiple touchdowns and 100 yards, didn't quite get the 100 yards, uh, but did get the two touchdowns for me. 47 yards on 14 carries and two touchdowns, again, just uh, still below the league average in yards per rush, or his average is 3.4, the NFL average is four. 4.0, 4.0, um, obviously disappointing in the way that he ran, but he did get you the two touchdowns. I thought that he'd have a multiple touchdown day. Called it on Friday's podcast. Actually plugged him into a couple DFS lineups because of that. I Just really liked the way that they matched up against this Buffalo Dills. Dills wow, the Buffalo Bills run defense, uh, and that—that's why I had that call for Jordan Howard. And he obviously came through for me. Tariq Cohen just did nothing in this game. Uh, he had six carries for five yards and then one catch for eight, getting you 1.8 points in fantasy. I would not be worried about this. We we know what Tariq Cohen is. He's going to have these bad games here and there. Uh, he was out by Jordan Howard, and I do think that that might continue. I talked about it in podcasts Uh, not last week but probably the week before when Tariq Cohen was getting all this run when it starts getting colder I do think they're going to lean more on Jordan Howard is Tariq Cohen while he is very elusive and hard uh hard to tackle that's because nobody can get a hand on him when they do he goes down like a wet paper sack it's ridiculous the guy is just not going to run through anybody like Jordan Howard he's very easy to bring down compared to Jordan Howard So I do expect once the weather starts getting colder and you're looking at these snow games and everything, Jordan Howard is going to be relied on much more than Tariq Cohen. So we might be seeing uh, kind of the fall of Tariq Cohen a little bit. I obviously don't expect him to continue putting up one points every week. uh, But I would not expect him to continue putting up the just huge weeks that he has prior where he's been on, I believe it's like a four-week spree of like 17-plus points. Uh, 17, I think it was 17, 18, 20, and 25 maybe. Um, So yeah, he's been awesome for those past four weeks. He's going to give you these weeks right here where he just doesn't do good. And going forward, I do think uh, he's going to struggle just a little bit. Not much, uh, but I don't expect him to be putting up those close to 30-point games really going forward. And speaking of Tariq Cohen not doing anything, nobody in this wide receiver core for the Bears did anything here. The best day for fantasy was Anthony Miller's. he gets you 8 points with 5 catches and 49 yards. And then Taylor Gabriel follows that up with 6 points as he got you 45 yards on 3 catches. Just a bad day all around for this offense. Of course, it did help how much this defense was. They put up 25 points, I believe it was. I don't have the defensive points in front of me. But the defense just ran all over the Buffalo Bills offense. And Nathan Peterman, as they got multiple picks on him. Uh, Just a ridiculous day for them, which is where kind of all their points came from. And while the offense struggled a little bit. But then obviously, Trey Berton. Did come through for you in fantasy, even though he didn't have himself a huge day here. Got got the nine points in fantasy on 28 yards, two catches, and the one touchdown, which we did call on Friday. And we can probably just move on to the next game. Uh, Only somewhat kidding. For the Bills, Nathan Peterman actually somewhat came through for you in fantasy if you had to start him. He got 15 points. Uh, Didn't do really anything 189 yards zero touchdowns, and three interceptions. Did get a touchdown rushing, though, as he added 46 yards on the ground, which is really where all of his fantasy points came from. Just his rushing and touchdown alone got you 10 of his 15 points. Other than that, though, this whole team was just looked horrible throughout the entire game. Chris Ivory was your best running back with seven points, getting you 36 yards on seven carries and adding 20 yards in the receiving game on three catches. LaShawn McCoy just 4.9 yards as he had 10 care. He's for 10 yards and then added 19 yards on four catches. I mean, it was just a brutal day for everybody here, guys. Kelvin Benjamin did nothing. Six points in fantasy, though. That is to be expected because, really, Kelvin Benjamin sucks, and if you didn't think so, he just continues to prove me right on that at least. 40 yards on four catches. Logan Thomas had seven catches for 40 yards getting you a whopping 7.5 points was the best overall in the receiving game their tight end Logan Thomas's (laughs) Charles Clay got you a big fat zero I'm sure a lot of Charles Clay owners were really thrilled about that Zay Jones three points in fantasy with his 18 yards on four catches and then Terrell Pryor the newly added Terrell Pryor Got you two points in fantasy with 17 yards on two catches. Just a horrible day for the Buffalo Bills all around. Again, I don't think you can start anybody on this team. I wouldn't even start Shady McCoy. I know a lot of people are just because they have to. Uh, For me, I just think you've got to avoid this whole team altogether as they've just been complete crap. Oh, come Next up, we had, well, another horrible game. The 3-6 and six New York Jets losing to the now 5-4 and four Miami Dolphins, 6-13 for the New York Jets. Sam Darnold, my goodness, this poor kid. 229 yards, 4 interceptions. Getting you just 5 points in fantasy. Again, I, I like this kid. I do think he has a lot of upside, but my God, this Jets offense is just Horrid. He has no weapons around him, including in the running game. No wide receivers. The offensive line is complete shit. The only players that I think are even worth a damn are Chris Herndon, the tight end, and Elijah McGuire, the running back. I mean, Sam Darnold, hopefully he can survive this year. They can get some better better pieces around him, improve this offensive line through the draft of free agency, and he doesn't turn into the next David Carr. For the running back, speaking of Elijah McGuire, the best running back on the day literally just got activated Friday and was already the best running back should not have been a surprise we talked about it on Friday's podcast before he got activated grab him if you could we talked about it I think last week saying pick him up from your waiver wires you needed to do it uh, because he was going to be activated soon again eight points in fantasy had 30 yards on seven carries you know, just completely blew everybody else out in there. Uh, Isaiah Crowell had 49 yards on just 13 carries, a 3.8 average. Elijah McGuire 4.3. And then added 37 yards in the receiving game again to get you 8, 8.2 points in fantasy. In my opinion, he is by far their best back because he's a good mixture of both Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. While he's not necessarily the guy who's going to beat you up and run you over like Crowell is, he can do just enough in the running game to get by and he's a very good receiver out of the backfield. In my opinion, it would be smart for them to rely on him heavily going forward. If you picked him up, I think he has a really good shot at being an RB2 the rest of the season. Someone that can really help you kind of round out your roster. Uh, And then again, Isaiah Crowell, just 6 points in fantasy as he just didn't do anything. 49 yards on 13 carries and added 11 yards in the air. For the wide receivers, as I'm sure you guessed with the way Sam Darnold's line looked, nobody really did anything. Quincy Inunua uh, led the wide receivers fantasy-wise with 5 points as he got you guys 40 yards on 3 catches. Robbie Anderson, 32 yards on 4 catches, got you 5 points as well. And then Jermaine Kurtz, 20 yards on 3 catches. But my guy, Chris Herndon, who again we talked about picking up off the waiver wire, Eight points in fantasy. Didn't get the touchdown I thought he was going to get, but still got you 62 yards on four catches. Him and Jeff Hyreman, as I talked about in the podcast last week, could be decent. uh, bye week fill-ins at the tight end position. Both of them, in my opinion, came through. Obviously, Hyreman got the touchdown, uh, but Chris Erndon still eight points in fantasy is a very good day for tight ends, as bad as that position has been for fantasy. For the Miami Dolphins, not much better on that side of the ball um, compared to what the Dolphins did. Brock Osweiler does absolutely nothing. Just gets you 139 yards in the air. And instead of 5 points for fantasy, he gets you 6. So, you know, just a great day for Brock Osweiler. Hopefully, nobody was relying on him. For the running backs, it continues to be just a frustrating, annoying mess between Frank Gore and Kenyon Drake. Two weeks, for the past two weeks, we've seen Kenyon Drake ball out. look like the guy. We're thinking, all right, here comes Adam Gase. He's going to help us out. He cares about us. He cares about our fantasy teams. He cares about the better running back in Kenyon Drake. And we were dead wrong. Erroneous. Erroneous. Erroneous on both counts. Right. Adam Gase, he doesn't care about our fantasy teams at all. He doesn't care. That Kenyon Drake is the better back. In fact, Kenyon Drake, just five points in fantasy. Did absolutely nothing here. Nine yards. He got three fucking carries, guys. Three carries in the entire game. He added 26 yards on four catches. Lottie fucking Dodd. Did not do anything. But, of course, Frank Gore. The 38-year-old running back. I know he's not really 38. He's like 35, but still. 20 carries for 53 yards. Yards got you six points in fantasy, and again, Adam Gase is going to tell us all to shove it. He doesn't care because what happened? The Miami Dolphins won the game, that's all he cares about, obviously. But just continues to screw us for fantasy. Wait, 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 wait guys, wait, it actually gets even better than that because do you guys remember Devontae Parker? And how great he was just a week ago. Everybody. Oh, man. Devontae Parker. He's back, baby. Miami Dolphins have no options. They've got nobody else they can lean on. It's all Devontae Parker. We're finally going to get to see this guy just produce the way we thought he was. One point. One point fantasy, guys. One one point. No. I'm, I'm not wrong. Yeah. I'm just double checking. Double checking. Make sure I didn't. Nope. Yep. I didn't miss anything. One motherfucking point for eight yards. I don't know what to do anymore, guys. Like, I'm literally speechless. Adam Gase is an offensive genius, but my God, he does not know how to use weapons, and it drives me fucking crazy. I'm glad that I'm not a Dolphins fan. I'm glad that I don't own Frank Gore. I own Danny Amendola, and I own Kenyon Drake, and I fucking hate it because I do. Don't own... Devonte Parker I just I don't know what to do with these guys the only guy that came through for you in the receiving game and if you could even consider it coming through for you was Danny Amendola. he got you seven points five catches on 47 yards this whole team maybe it was just a bad game the Jets defense does look good at times their linebacker linebacking core and their secondary I think are very underrated I think they are very good so maybe, maybe we can hang our hats on that's what was wrong with the or with the Dolphins in this game. Why they didn't come through for us the way that we wanted to. I really hope that Kenyon Drake starts getting some run here. I don't care if it's Melvin. Oh my God, I can't even talk. I'm so frustrated right now. I don't care if Frank Gore, you know, falls over dead. At, I, I shouldn't say that. I, I Frank Gore, you're awesome. Just... Completely balled out at the U. We're awesome with the 49ers. Awesome with the Colts. You're awesome now with the Dolphins. I can't wait to see you get into the Hall of Fame one day. You've been one of my favorite players of all time at the running back position. But I do kind of need you to go away as a Kenyon Drake owner. Uh, Just go far away. Retire. Just say, you know what? Fuck the Dolphins. They're not that good. I don't want to be here anymore. Leave. Uh, Because the fact that Gaze continues to use you over Kenyon Drake just boggles my mind I, I don't know i can't handle it anymore uh sat Kenyon drake last week when he goes off and then i'm like oh hell whatever bad week you know whatever i'll lose this week but at least i got Kenyon drake back i plug him in and he gets me fucking nothing it is beyond infuriating but that's my rant about the dolphins we're all done everybody's good congratulations dolphins on the win here against the jets On to the next game. The now 5-2-1 Pittsburgh Steelers defeating the 4-5 Baltimore Ravens 23-16. So, Road Ben here wasn't exactly a thing. Uh, Had himself a fairly good day. 270 yards with two touchdowns. Getting you 25 points in fantasy. So, if you started him... Good for you. Uh, Did not really expect this kind of game from him. I did have him fairly high in my rankings this week. uh, But really, I was more surprised at how well he was kind of able to go at this Baltimore defense. I thought that they would put up a better fight. Uh, The score kind of ended up coming out to exactly what I thought it was going to be. Not necessarily a high-scoring game in 23-16. But still, Big Ben able to come through for you. In fantasy, of course, he adds... The rushing touchdown, which is probably really what kind of boosted him up there, would have just been down at about 18-19 without that, but get you the four yards and the one rushing touchdown. James Conner continues to just be a complete stud for the Steelers. 25 points in fantasy, 107 yards on the ground on 24 carries, and then adds 56 yards on seven catches with a touchdown. And this is crazy. And I wish I would have written this down. Uh, I'm sure people have been talking about it all day long, depending on who else, uh, what other stations and everything you guys listen to. James Conner is the first running back in Steelers history to have over a thousand yards uh, from scrimmage. And 10 touchdowns in their history, and I'm not kidding you about that. It was it blew my mind when I first heard it. I, I listened to it, and I went back and re listened to it, checked the stats and everything. I'm talking you're talking about Frank O'Hara, Jerome Bettis, Le'Veon Bell. I mean, these guys are just Lynn Swan. These guys are all-time NFL greats. And not any of them did that combination, had by week nine a thousand. A thousand yards and ten touchdowns. It's ridiculous to think that some kid at a pit, uh, you know, everything he's been through, through the cancer, everything, nobody thought that he was going to be that good of a backup to Le'Veon Bell. A lot of people talking about, oh, I mean, he's good, but he's kind of like a bowling ball back there. He lost weight, added muscle, has just come out and balled out this year. Good for him. Again, I don't care if Le'Veon Bell comes back. Regardless of what happens this year, if you have him in Dynasty, you've got to be thrilled. I obviously, I think everybody thinks and knows he is obviously Pittsburgh's uh, running back of the future. If you've got him good on you in Dynasty and Redraft, just keep riding him. I'm sure when Bell comes back, he's going to have a big role. But Connor has proven that he can do a whole lot with little. And I think that even if Bell comes back, Connor is going to be worth something to you. Definitely a flex play, at least in my opinion. We'll see if that changes, when that actually happens. But you've at least got him for at least two more weeks, in my opinion. Uh, Just enjoy what he's done for you so far in your fantasy season. Continue to ride him the next two weeks for their receivers here. So Juju Smith-Schuster had the most yards out of everybody with 78 on seven catches. Getting you 11 points in fantasy. Uh, doesn't score here yet again. Been a little bit of a trend here. He was a, res- a regression candidate for a lot of people. A lot of people talking about they didn't think he'd be able to hold uh, the touchdowns that he was getting. Uh, I still think he's going to be fine going through the year. Big Ben obviously trust him. Uh, I know a lot of people keep talking about, uh, obviously, Antonio Brown is definitely the number one there. But I've been watching a lot of the Steelers games lately. Unfortunately, being a Browns fan, I really don't like watching them, but my wife is a huge Steelers fan, and unfortunately, they score a lot. They're on red zone, so I kind of have to deal with it. But watching the game, watched a lot of the game pass last night after the I'm sorry, this morning after the fact, he really goes to Juju in a lot of key situations, especially on third downs. Uh, juju, I think, has really gained his trust, and I would not be surprised. I talked about it. Early in the year, I still think it's going to. I still think Juju's going to outscore him on the year. I mean, I, I did make that call at the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, it's not looking good at the moment. As uh, Antonio Brown has 138 points to Juju's 107. Again, a lot of that due to the touchdowns that Antonio Brown has gotten lately. Because well. We all know Antonio Brown likes to whine and cry like a little bitch, and when that happens, Big Ben uh, targets him a lot. We saw that, obviously, a couple weeks ago when he ended up getting three touchdowns or two touchdowns in that game. It was ridiculous, but he scores yet again in this game, gets you 12 points in fantasy. Obviously, not necessarily a great game, but he comes through for you. He gets you 12 points. You can't ask for much more, but just the 42 yards on five catches and the touchdown. For the Ravens here, Joe Flacco sucked yet again this week. Getting you a whopping 8 points in fantasy, which is 206 yards in the air. Uh, A lot of talk, obviously, earlier today about possibly them going to Lamar Jackson. John Harbaugh has already come out and said that's not happening. Uh, I'm not surprised by that. I really do think they're going to ride Flacco the entire year. They're still in the playoff race. There's no point in going to Lamar right now. For the running backs here, Alex Collins just gives you another decent day with 35 yards on 9 carries and a touchdown. And giving you a whopping 4 yards in the receiving game. But gets you 10 points. Javorius Allen continues to do nothing for you. Uh, here with uh, 8 yards on 5 catches in the receiving game. And 6 yards on 1 rush. Getting you 3 points in fantasy. I really do think that uh, once Ty Montgomery is probably going to be activated next week. given a week to kind of learn this offense. I really do think he's going to eat in if not take over Allen's role completely. And for the wide receivers, so Willie Sneed had the best day with 58 yards on 7 catches, getting you 9.3 points in fantasy. Michael Crabtree gets you 4 points with 32 yards, and John Brown gets you 3 points as well with 15 yards on 3 catches. I was obviously wrong on this call. I really thought John Brown was going to have a huge game here. Didn't like uh, the his. Or I loved his matchup against the Pittsburgh second. I didn't like who they were matching up against Brown. I thought he'd be able to get by him and with Flacco's arm burn them for one long touchdown. That obviously didn't happen as he really only got the 15 yards and a lot of that actually came right at the end of the game. But the call that I did get right or at least did come through for you in fantasy was Mark Andrews again leading this tight end. Group here with six points in fantasy, 50 yards on three catches. Didn't get the touchdown, which I thought he would get, uh, but he was targeted three times, and each time, unfortunately, got the ball knocked out of his hands or knocked away by great defensive play. So I was this close. If you can see, I'm holding my fingers really close together to getting that call right. I love Mark Andrews. Love what he did at Oklahoma. He was my top tight end coming out of this class. I know a lot of people were really high on Hayden Hurst in the preseason just due to the fact that he was out there playing more. I felt a lot of that was just due to the fact that Hayden Hurst was an older player. Uh, he's kind of has more grasp in offenses and everything uh, and he's a much more uh he's a much more talented blocker than andrews is but i love andrews i love what he brings to the field in an offensive presence i really do think he's going to be a tight end stud in fantasy uh within the next couple years if not by next year and unfortunately we get to end our game recaps here on another crap game as the detroit lions lose to the minnesota vikings 9 to 24 Putting the Lions at three and five and the Vikings at five, three and one. So for Detroit, Matt Stafford sucked. And I apologize about that because I talked about how I thought he was gonna be another top 12 quarterback this week. Just eight points, 199 yards in the air, and that was absolutely it. Uh, Very surprised this Minnesota defense has not been that good really against the pass all year long. They've struggled, not looked at all what they did last year, uh, but they did today, or they did yesterday. And by golly, good for them because they won the game. Uh, They shut me up, shut the Detroit fans team up. I mean, it was just ridiculous. I can't. Believe how wrong I was on that game. I really thought it'd be a lot closer. I did have the Vikings winning it, but I thought it was going to be like a 27 24 game. Well, Minnesota got 24 points, but Detroit did absolutely bubkiss, just sucked for everybody in fantasy. Carry on Johnson sucked here, 37 yards on the ground, did nothing in the receiving game, literally just got you seven yards, getting you just five points in fantasy for some. Unknown reason to me, LeGarrette Blunt got 5 carries on 8 yards. Uh, Theo Riddick came through for you, though, in for the running backs if you played him. Uh, I actually didn't talk much about him. Wasn't for sure he was a go uh, when I did the Friday podcast, but he played and did look somewhat decent. 36 yards on 7 catches did get you 7 points in fantasy, so that's good if you guys were able to start him. For the wide receivers... So I said that with Golden Tate leaving, T.J. Jones would obviously get a little bit of an uptick in work along with Michael Roberts, and then I thought a lot of it, though, was going to go to Theo Riddick, Marvin Jones, and Kenny Galladay. was somewhat right about all that. T.J. Jones did get a little bit of work here, two receptions, 13 yards. Obviously, Theo Riddick got a lot of work, and so did Marvin Jones, who got you nine points in fantasy with 66 yards on six catches. But you know who didn't? Kenny fucking Galladay guys what the hell Kenny G is the best player on that roster at least in my humble nobody opinion but I do think Kenny G is awesome I think he's the best player there three catches for 46 yards he did get a rush for eight yards why he wasn't getting targeted more often I have no idea he did get matched up quite often With Xavier Rhodes, they had Harrison Smith over the top of him, so that might be why he had such a bad game. But my God, how he only gets three catches... And a whopping forty-six yards. I have no idea, but obviously, just six points in fantasy just does absolutely nothing for you. I just apologize about that, guys, because I really thought he was going to have a good game here. Uh, as we talked about, Michael Roberts again. I didn't. I told you guys he wasn't going to have that great of a game. I really thought that uh, Minnesota's linebacking core and the safeties, when they were on, Michael Roberts were able to slow him down. And they were just one point in fantasy as he got you twelve catches or twelve yards on one catch. For the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk motherfucking Cousins. What the fuck happened? Kirk Cousins boned me yet again. Had him ranked up in my top four at quarterback. Get you 164 yards with one touchdown and one interception. I just, I don't even know what to say anymore obviously he's not as bad as i feel he is right now but just completely boned me in a matchup again just nine points in fantasy how the fuck do you put up 24 points and only get nine points in fantasy kurt come on man you're killing me here i've loved this guy i've been touting him ever since he got traded there and just this is only the third time in nine weeks you've screwed me but motherfucker when it happens it really gets me going um obviously just didn't come through for you in fantasy i apologize about that guys i love Literally had him with 20-plus points. I really liked this matchup. Really thought that he was going to just come through for you. Obviously, the defense scoring the way that they did and just kind of Dalvin Cook really kind of tearing it up in the rushing attack with Latavius Murray really kind of limited what he was able to do in this game. Speaking of Dalvin Cook, he was back, played 70% of the snaps, looked good, 12 points in fantasy, 89 yards on 10 carries, and then he added a... 20-burger with four catches. Looked good. I really like the way he looked. I really think, obviously, come week 11, he's going to be back to him old self. Did not see any kind of like limping or anything bad coming from that hamstring injury from before. So, obviously, just looked good. Did get vultured by Latavius Murray for the touchdown. So, if you guys started, Lat Murray, he came through for you because of that, getting you 11 points in fantasy with just the 31 yards on 10 carries in the touchdown. For the wide receivers, Darius Saleh was able to play on Adam Thielen with Stefan Diggs out and finally stopped his 100-yard streak, which sucks. I had predicted in my bold predictions, obviously, last Friday that he would continue it going. Uh, he did score, so now he's on a new streak of six straight games with a touchdown to start off the or six straight games. With a touchdown, so we'll see how far he can take that. Uh, Does somewhat come through for you in fantasy, though, with 10 points. But again, just 22 yards on four catches and a touchdown. Again, Darius Slay was on him a lot. Makes sense. Again, at the time I did my rankings, I wasn't sure if Diggs was going to play. Even Friday, I did talk about how I wasn't sure. I didn't think he would play due to the rib injury. uh, But if he did, I thought it would help Thielen. Obviously, he didn't, and it really hurt him. Uh, Laquan Treadwell had four points in fantasy with two catches on 37 yards. And, of course, Kyle Rudolph should have really come through for you in fantasy with the touchdown. Just three points in fantasy to get you 28 yards and two touchdowns as the call was overturned and the touchdown was given to Latavius Murray. Again, Rudolph I still think I'm right on. He's really just become a red zone threat. He's not doing anything for you. In between the 20s, he is just going to get you touchdowns. Um, So really, I think he's completely fallen out of the top 15 tight ends at this point uh, because you can really only rely on him in the red zone. So that is going to do it for all of our top six recaps. Again, I will do the other six tomorrow along with some other different stuff in Tuesday's podcast. I'll, I'll worry about talking about that tomorrow. Uh, Just let you guys know I will do the other games and obviously break down the Monday night game on tomorrow's podcast. So, to give you guys a preview for Monday night's game, I don't have a. Still don't have a drop for previews yet, though I am working on that. Can't wait to get that done and debut that hopefully within the next coming weeks. For the Monday night game, we have the. 3-4 3 and 4 Tennessee Titans going up against the 3 and 4 Dallas Cowboys. The Dallas Cowboys are 74% of uh, projected victors here and they are being given 4.5 points. So, For the Titans side of things, Marcus Mariota. He's obviously not been healthy all year. Uh, The first game that he was, they played in literally a monsoon, looked horrible, injured his elbow in there, all the nerve damage and everything they've talked about. Anybody who's thrown a ball, baseball, football, basketball, anything, and has had a messed up elbow knows how hard that can be. He's been trying to fight through it and really not successfully. Uh, But all the news coming out of the... Titans camp is that Mariota has looked healthier this week than he has all season. Obviously, he's just not getting it done for fantasy right now with just the three touchdowns and five interceptions. I expect him to have a good game here. What worries me about them is the fact that. Dallas' defense is much better than people give them credit for. They are a bends but don't break defense. Uh, They give up yards here and there, but they really don't give up touchdowns. They've been very good at not giving up touchdowns, been good at actually kind of getting turnovers and playing very good defense. So for the wide receivers here, I actually think Corey Davis could have a good game here. Uh, They do like to move him around in the offense. I think if they do move him around, uh, he can avoid Byron Jones, who is by far the Dallas Cowboys' best secondary player. Uh, He usually sticks to one side of the field, so that allows Corey Davis, if they move him around, get him in the slot. I think Corey Davis could have a huge game here. Uh, I also like Taewon Taylor to have a good game. Uh, And for the running backs, obviously for me it's been Deion Lewis. I am obviously a noted Derrick Henry hater. Uh, I do not think he is good. I think he's extremely overrated. Just because you are big and can run a whopping, uh, you know, 1040 doesn't make you good, in my opinion, because you can run people over. Uh, so can fat people running down the street trying to get to a food truck. For me, Derrick Henry is just not that good. Uh, I expect Deion Lewis to put up a lot of points in this game, mostly in the receiving. I saw an over-under earlier today that had him at 40 yards. I expect that to be way over. I have him, actually, based on my projections, getting 43 yards in the, receiving game, or I'm sorry, 43 yards in the rushing attack and 60 yards in the receiving game with a touchdown. Deion Lewis, I think, is going to be great tonight. For the Cowboys, Dak Prescott. Obviously, Dak's got his new weapon in Amari Cooper. There's already been a lot of talk about how their uh, Amari Cooper is going to play a lot tonight, according to Scott Linehan. I expect them to get Amari Cooper the ball a lot because, well, Jerry Jones is an idiot. He paid a first-round pick for him. All the talk, obviously, about the uh, Cowboys not having a... Weapon on the outside. I think Jerry Jones is going to force them to feed him the ball a lot tonight. I expect Mari Cooper not necessarily to have a huge night tonight, but I do expect him to probably score and get you at least 40 to 50 yards for Dak. I don't expect Dak to have a huge game tonight. Actually, I take that back. I expect Dak to have a decent game tonight. We'll start with Zeke here. So The Tennessee Titans are only giving up 3.3 yards of carry on the ground. I don't think Zeke has a huge night. I'm also... Praying that he doesn't. So hey, Zeke, listen up here real quick, buddy. I know you're listening. We we've, we've been like practically best friends since your Ohio State Buckeyes days. Uh, love you. You're awesome. Have you on so many of my teams because I love you so much. But listen, in one of my really big money leagues, I'm up 14. I need you to suck tonight, bud. Just get 11 points. You know, touchdown, 50 yards. You know, don't don't do really anything in the receiving game. You know, I just I need it from you. I know I know you love me. I know you care about my fantasy team. Uh, So I know you're going to do the right thing here tonight. But in all seriousness, uh, he probably is going to outproduce that 14 points that I need him not to do. I expect him to get probably close to 80 yards, and he has a good chance of scoring, obviously. But again, this Tennessee Titans defense is very good against the run, so don't expect him to have a huge night. I know a lot of people are expecting him to bounce back after a bye week and after a horrible week. Two weeks ago, we only got you five points. Just don't underestimate the Tennessee uh, Titans defense here. So back to Dak. That's why I expect him to actually have a good game here is because of how good the defense for Tennessee has been against the run. I expect Cole Beasley to come through for you. And as I talked about with Amari Cooper, I expect him to have a good game. And I actually expect Michael Gallup to probably uh, – not probably. I expect Michael Gallup to get at least one long play again tonight. Uh Don't think he scores, but I expect him to get a couple catches and at least one long play for like 40, 50 yards. And that's really it. I do have the uh, – Tennessee Titans actually winning this game as I think with them being able to slow down and possibly shut down Zeke just due to how good their run defense has been is going to be key to beating the Dallas Cowboys. So that is going to do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening guys. Again to the Fantasy Roundtable podcast. Again you can hit me up at SportsFanaticMB on Twitter. If you have any other questions, trades, anything you can always send to the email FantasyRoundtable Roundtable at yahoo.com all under case i will get back to you as quickly as i can on that we will be back tomorrow as i break down the rest of the sunday slate including a lot of the really good games unfortunately we'll break down the monday night football game as well and then kind of give you guys a direction on what we're doing the rest of the week hope you guys if you have uh your fantasy matchups in the balance tonight with the players going, hope that they do everything they can to win you guys your matchups. Hope the fantasy gods grant you guys those wins. Look down happily on you guys as we get closer and closer to the fantasy football playoffs. Until tomorrow, guys, enjoy the Monday night game tonight. Peace. Prepare for glory! I don't know if you got your pop on Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the one for an unbelievable touchdown! I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with these guys. Only they tackle a forty yard. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>